This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Now my Hari Mike, you're at Tanakwe, Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. Welcome aboard to Cosmopolitan News and Views. Mel Driscoll, Bruce Scott, Dwayne Porter, with Kaka Trevor later in the afternoon and in between times, a bit of music, a bit of nostalgia, and a bit of information. So we better get uh, moving along. And in the headlines at the moment, there has been a fire in Narawatia this morning. The fire was reported in Sim Street around 10.43 this morning. One person was found dead. Cordons are in place at the property. I'm taking the story from the Stuff website, Waikato Times. Uh, an examination is on at the moment. St John Ambulance did attend the incident and passed further comment on, <coughs> excuse me, to the police. Onwards and upwards of this uh, Sunday afternoon, it's November 6, 2022. It is day 310, we've got 55 to go. Well, in 1906, this day, 116 years ago, Prime Minister Sir Joseph Ward opened the North Island Main Trunk Railway by driving a silver spike at Manga Anui Oteo between National Park and Oakuni. 23 years of negotiations of the central line of the section between Te Aumutu and Martin. I wonder if that line is still open today. If somebody in TA can give me a ring and inform me what's going on. Well, in the intervening times, there were surveys, political wrangling, labourers doing physical work. The Parliament special um, train carrying ward political colleagues to the ceremony. The express service introduced in February 1909 and, um, of course, the overnighter, the famous overnighter in history. And the um, express service took around 18 hours and, of course, that was later reduced. Did you ever travel on the all-nighter between Auckland and Wellington? What went on during the night as you travelled between Auckland and Wellington? And in that mix is a famous song from the late Pat Rogers, written by the late Reverend Peter Cape. I'm an ordinary joker, getting old before me time. For me heart's in Tamranui on the main trunk line. Tamranui, Tamranui, Tamranui on the main trunk line. You can get to Tamranui, going north or going south, and you end up there at midnight and you've cinders in your mouth. 
You've cinders in your whiskers and a cinder in your eye. So you pop off to refreshments for a cup of tea and pie in town renewy. Town renewy. Town renewy on the main trunk line. There's a Sheila in refreshments and she's pouring cups of tea. And my heart jumps like a rabbit when she pours a cup for me. She's hair of flaming yellow and a mouth of flaming red. And I love that flaming Sheila till I'm up and gone and dead in town renewy. Town renewy. Town renewy on the main trunk line. You can get a job in Wellington or get a job up north But you can't in town renewy though you try for all you're worth If I want to see the Sheila then I've got to take a train Got ten minutes for refreshments Then they cart me off again from town renewy Town renewy, town renewy on the main trunk line They took me on as fireman on the limited express And I thought that she'd be Jake But now she's all a flaming mess But Sheila didn't take to me I thought she'd be a gift She's gone and changed her duty hours And works the daylight shift In town renewy Town renewy Town renewy on the main trunk line So I am an ordinary joker Getting old before me time For me hearts in town renewy On the main trunk line Town renewy Town renewy Town renewy On the main trunk line Yes, that line <clears throat> actually opened this day. Tamaranui on the old main trunk line. So Joseph Ward still asking whether that line in Te Aumutu is still open and whether the railway station in Te Aumutu is still there. Yeah, they, these are questions we've got to ask. And um, I wonder if JD's coming in today. Maybe we might ask him about him. Anyway, moving on. Well, born this day in 1946, 75 years ago, actress Sally Field, Pasadena in California. Two Academy Awards, uh, three Primetime Emmys, two Golden Globes, a Tony and three BAFTAs. Long list of movies. Remember, Stay Hungry, Smokey and the Bandit, Lincoln, The Amazing Spider-Man, Norma Ray, And, um, of course, she appeared... As Tom Hanks' mother in Forrest Gump, of course. And we've got a song from the Forrest Gump soundtrack coming up for you. And of course, this is before your time, Dwayne, but um, <clears throat> Sally Field appeared on uh, Sally Field appeared on television in a, in a television series called Gidget. And then, of course, she moved on to the Flying Nun. Before your time, Dwayne? Um, yes, it was. <laughs> Moving on. And we remember her appearance as Forrest Gump's mother uh, with Tom Hanks in 
Forrest Gump, great movie. Saw it only a couple of weeks ago again. Tom Hanks. And um, talk about the Hanks family. His son, Colin, is appearing in a miniseries at the moment. There's posters all over the city. Sounds a bit scary and spooky. Anyway, from the soundtrack of Forrest Gump, the great twanging guitar of Dwayne Eddy and Rebel Rouser. FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. That is Dwayne Eddy from the soundtrack of Forrest Gump as we celebrate Sally Field's birthday. I've got to tell you that Sally Field was once involved with her co-star from Smokey and the Bandit, the late Burt Reynolds. Well, as you go through the internet, you see uh, all these profiles of actors that are still around. And yesterday I was looking at some of the actors that are still around in their late uh, to mid-90s, even a bit older. And one of them was Max Bayer Jr. We remember him for one role. But he was he was great. He a film director, made a lot of money. And he's the guy that made that movie around the Ode to Billy Joe song. Well, of course, he's always remembered as Jethro Bodine in a one television series. <laughs> A story about a man named Jed Were a mountaineer Barely kept his family fed And then one day He was shooting at some food And up through the ground Come a bubbling crew Oh, that 
Jade Clampett, Flat and Scruggs. On this day, we celebrate the main trunk railway. It's Joseph Ward. This day, in around 1906, he put the silver spike into the line, and that's where we get the main trunk line. Tiamutu was involved. Tamaranui, the main trunk line, travelling overnight. On the overnight, we've got another train song coming up. Good afternoon, Mel. Good afternoon. And we have a, a gentleman who has a, a little history. I, a little history because some families lose their links with the homelands but not altogether and at least we know the start of the story hopefully Vaughan Block your dad emigrated in his teens from the Netherlands met a young lass of central Otago yes he did and uh, he ended up liking her so much they married and had quite a few children and I'm the second oldest one how many children Completely. I have four. I have three brothers and three sisters. Oh, was there fights in that family? Oh, there, there was the usual squabbles. <laughs> yes, certainly. That's. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> young too. Usually to... around around toys and around food. The it's, usual, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty young to change country, born. It was. It was a huge step for Dad, and it was a long trip. Of course, it was by boat in those days. I wonder what and, the. Uh, Scott descendants of Otago thought about <laughs> the Dutchmen in their midst. Um, yeah, they must have thought it was okay because my mum is actually of Scottish-Irish heritage um, and she was a young girl in the, the Danzies Pass Hotel. Her father owned the Danzies Pass Hotel in central Otago. New Zealand... Reflects a name that comes from where your dad did, roughly speaking. It, it is. It was actually uh, Abel Tasman, um, that name, New Zealand, I believe. And what do you say about the name that has existed since before Pakeha came? <laughs> Aotearoa. Well, I have. I question a little bit the Aotearoa and the history of it. Um, I prefer the New Zealand one, name. 
You're the coordinator for the Auckland Lego Users Group. Lego's been an art form for children now. It would be maybe in their 90s, born. That would be, yes. About 1930, Lego started making wooden toys. And how did your dad come to be the link? Um, my grandmother at the time, dad's mother... Uh, she used to work for St. Nicholas in Holland. And St. Nicholas used to put care packages together and send them all around the world to relatives who had gone overseas. And my grandmother, she managed to sneak some Lego into some of the St. Nicholas parcels that were coming out to New Zealand to her son. So we were very fortunate to get very small Lego sets. They kept them in New Zealand well before they were available here for retail. It's as if a few pieces falling out of the luggage established the tradition here. <laughs> Certainly. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Uh, and then my, my dad's fondness for hoarding things probably <laughs> led to me now having more Lego than I really should. Are, are you associated with the official Lego company because they trademark, they protect their trademark Religiously, and uh, if anybody defies Lego, the company, they start going into court and start suing people. They do indeed, and we are known as a registered Lego user group. So we have some certain criteria that we must meet to be registered with Lego in Denmark. Uh, We're not associated with Lego New Zealand in any way. That's an independent company. But we are associated with Lego in Denmark being a registered group. And to do that, we have to have a certain number of membership, hold meetings, do certain community events. Um, and you do that? So it's, it's very strictly, yeah, it's, it's monitored and controlled. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen that reality television series on TV3 which features the actor and comedian and those group of people, they build models and... Then every once in a while, all those models fall on the floor. Have you uh, have you seen that program? I have seen. I know probably a little more about that program than most people, having a little bit of history with the background to it. And at the at the moment, I'm here overlooking a large display, and I can see six of the contestants who were actually on that show. Oh, what are we missing out on there, boy? <laughs> what you're missing out on is New Zealand's probably New Zealand's largest public Lego display here at Henderson in Auckland, which is on this weekend. So we've got about 65 members here with all their helpers, and we've got a very large display going on. And then we've put, we try and put one of these shows on every year. The last two or three years has been a bit of a challenge, but uh, we're now back again. And then we've invited some of the Lego Masters contestants here to participate and yep. bring, their, bring their trophy and things. Yeah, I'm talking about the Lego Masters USA and is there a UK version of it or are there other versions of it? There's the USA one, there's an Australian one and the New Zealand one was held just recently. This is all sounding like people take it very seriously. Um, well, here's something serious. My collection... I sold my house and I moved into a warehouse and now I have Lego, not a house. <laughs> Is that serious enough for you? <laughs> I'm still thinking. <laughs> How did it come to loom so large in your life? Um, 
the personal circumstances sort of got me down and about for a while and um, then uh, I decided that I needed some good outlets for my my um, frustrations so <laughs> I had some I had some Lego and and I decided that I um, would then buy a large collection which had some very old and vintage Lego in it um, and I, then I have grown from there of course, the other movie we're thinking about, and it has Will Arnett in it, of course, he's the host of the Lego show. He's also in the Lego Batman movie with all the characters, including Batman and Robin, are all made of Lego. <laughs> You've probably seen that too. Yes, yeah, yeah, we do watch those ones. <laughs> so it's, so to speak, a, a um, cult with St. Nicholas connections. <laughs> it's fascinating, <laughs> it the story you paint. It is, it's quite intriguing. So um, I have a large collection, and it's it's called the Blocks Collection, and it's housed in a warehouse in Penrose in Auckland. Um, and I let people come and have a look through it by appointment. And uh, the Batman link is rather interesting because when the Batman movie first came out to New Zealand, there was a couple of promotional Batman, quite big, two-metre-tall ones, and I managed to acquire those. So I have those in my display, and they used to sit in the, the picture theatres to promote the movie. Yeah. You must have quite a big security on your warehouse because um, you got television cameras uh, close. Oh yes. yes. Because <laughs> your collection could be seen as a money-winning people, people coming to you, and they, they want it all. We want to make some money. Let's steal it. Uh, indeed. So that's part of the reason it's in an industrial building, and what I've done is put an additional wall inside the front of it, so there's actually double walled building. It's probably made of Lego. <laughs> no, no, the Lego's too precious to take big balls out of. Yeah. Well, it's a name that's... Real ones, but uh, yeah. No, there is a lot of security. It is a big issue. And certainly a lot of our collectors have collections that ha in their houses and homes that are worth a lot of money. And um, part of what we organise as a, a Lego group is yeah. how to ensure that Lego and protect it. Yeah, you, you, the, the links with St Nicholas, of course, uh, they about twenty years ago, and are still going on the controversy over what you term as the Black Boys with St Nicholas. Has has that ended, or has that uh, been defined now? Oh, it doesn't come up very much. So either it's no longer relevant, or it's been sorted. And um, yeah, I don't think it's an issue. Um, Lego manufactured all sorts of ethnic groups for a long time and then they all disappeared but now they're coming back again um, the more modern Lego has is, is got all sorts of ethnic groups and disability groups in it and people come to that with different expectations there'd be the trained eye of people collectors themselves who recognise in every exhibition what's unfamiliar because they know most of it already on the other hand a child might come in with that sense of wonder, the colour, the the symmetry. It, it, yes, yes. It's um, it's interesting. That's what I enjoy so much about doing these shows is the the reactions from different people. And as you say, we get the people that oh, I had that as a child, and then um, all the little children. We do a lot of displays with lots and lots of minifigures and tell stories with them all. Mm -hmm. And some of the kids just sit there fascinated reading the stories and what the stories that they see in some of the, 
the displays is completely different than the builder that built it. <laughs> It, so it's, it's fascinating. It, it sounds fascinating too because over the years I've known people have collected such things as teaspoons and old cabinets are full of teaspoons or or even uh, pens. So Lego takes up a bit of space in somebody's household. It certainly does. And certainly when we have a, a show like this, the exhibitors are all going, oh, I haven't got enough room or I haven't got enough space or the car's outside now because the garage is our Lego room. And, oh, I'm glad my daughter left home because now I can use her room as a Lego room. <laughs> and, oh, we don't need a china cabinet. We need a Lego wall in the lounge. <laughs> Clever how it all fits together. And it is. Everyone's passionate about it and has their own, their own themes that they're very passionate about. Should people who have a Lego collection insure them? They should, yes, because... A reasonably good Lego set is between a hundred and a thousand dollars. You know, there's the sets on the market now that are well over a thousand dollars that you can buy off the shop, off the shelf in a shop. So if you have ten sets like that or twenty sets, you can very easily have ten thousand dollars worth of Lego in your house. And it's you need to take it seriously because, as you said, it's very attractive to people that would rather have it than you. And you need to look after it, um, photograph it, um, keep a record of, of what you spent and what you've got for insurance purposes, yes. What do you think about <clears throat> the prospect that a future civilization could have its archaeologists exploring who <laughs> dig down through the layers of the centuries and discover, what's this? Lego! <laughs> it would be a bit hard to convey, wouldn't it, to future humans just it would and, and the thing is it would last if, if it was buried I think in, in 10,000 years time if man's still running around this planet then um, they'll still find Lego well it's the one form of plastic that <laughs> we don't <laughs> want it to degrade no and it's, it's quite interesting um, the beauty about Lego is we, we consider it recyclable um and we're, we're actually saving the planet by playing with Lego because it gets handed on generation to generation and it lasts and it's even second-hand Lego that goes to a, um, an op shop or a Sally's Army is always welcomed by somebody else. So what, therefore, I think we're, we're looking after it. What are some of those modifications that brings in the modern trend? Um, new themes. <clears throat> Lego's always been really good at looking at the market and seeing things which are popular around the 1999-2000 year they got it a bit wrong and started producing things that nobody wanted to buy and they actually got in serious financial trouble around that period And but they did a franchise with Star Wars and started bringing out Lego Star Wars and that saved the company mm-hmm. and then they learnt from that and went back to sort of traditional Lego City and building cars and houses and things. And in the last few years, they've started doing some other trends. Mindstorm, Minecraft and Ninjago and, and sort of some of these more modern yeah. TV-based themes. Yeah. Well, the um, of course, in, in my days, it was the Meccano set. And now, yep. now this generation on, we're into Lego and... Um, and what's next? 
I'm not sure what they'll do. At the moment, they're keeping up with technology. There's a lot of Lego which is associated with devices, with iPads and iPhones and Bluetooth and programming and doing that sort of thing. Um, so they're keeping up with that trend. But I think the traditional building things out of Lego and making them look cool and colourful and people being able to create with it, I mm-hmm. think that'll stay all forever. Well, you're talking about the Lego movie. Uh, Will Arnett played Batman and Bruce Wayne. There are other actors we know. Um, There was a connection with Star Wars in the Lego movie. Um, Anthony Daniels, who voiced C-3PO, he was in it. Um, Will Farrell played Lord Business. And even Abraham Lincoln made made a, um, a discovery in, of course, in the Lego movie. So the famous and the infamous turn up in a Lego movie. It's, it does, yes, and, and and there's quite interesting some of the characters that they've introduced into some of the more modern sets, and and how they've got that, and they've always had franchises with certain companies. Um, they used to work a lot with Shell, and yep. there was a lot of Shell sets. And the, well, I'm in New Zealand here. We were fortunate enough to have little five dollars boxes of Lego sold with a tank of fuel um, until Greenpeace sort of got a wee bit upset with them and stopped all that. Yeah. But uh, they had associations with lots of other companies, yeah. Yeah, is, is there, do you do you warn people not to let uh, young babies put these, because uh, they're curious, of course, young babies put these Lego sets in their mouths? Um, in fact, well, normal Lego sets, yes, but there's the Duplo range of Lego. And those are engineered such that if children do put them in their mouths, they're too big to swallow and... They're, um, they're quite chewable. <laughs> so, um, And certainly when we buy second-hand Lego, we find lots of teeth marks on a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, curious babies, good on them. Well, well, it's either that or kids put them together and they get a bit worn and then they think, oh, how can I pull them apart? And <laughs> we so, see yeah, some really see. modern can reconstruction of things in real life done by Lego. At any stage, have you known it to be used seriously as a way to to test a concept architecturally, for instance? Uh, probably not so much architecturally, but um, certainly for... Um, I've used it personally. We did a little baggage handling system that needed to have movement and conveyors and proof of concept. So it's definitely been used for some engineering tasks for trying things out. Because structurally, it's a whole lot of small pieces. So there all there are some beams. You, um, there are limitations to how far you can stretch Lego when you're building something big. Well, it seems there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly is. And it, the beauty of it, I think, is that whatever your interest, there will be something around the Lego thing that you can, you can attri- attribute it to. There's the trains and the Star Wars and the, the girls' Lego and the, the play stuff and the building houses or building planes, yeah. Other than talking to us this afternoon, are you playing with your Lego sets today? Not tonight. Tonight I will be sleeping very, very early. We, um, the Friday was set-up day for the show, so that was about a 14-hour day to get everything ready. And then yesterday and today is walking around and doing lots of talking to a lot of people and then at five o'clock we have to pack all this up <laughs> and load the trucks and the vans 
It and doesn't. get it all back to our respective houses and, and buildings. And hopefully you haven't missed a piece and there's oh, no... There'll, there'll always be pieces on the floor. And there's, the pieces, and there's pieces going up for vacuum cleaners. <laughs> oh, inevitably, yes. Yeah, right. It's part of the, part of the, the game, yeah. It must be quite an industry generating the pieces in the approved way. It's got to be exact, doesn't it? It is, yes, and Lego is out of Denmark, of course, and their plastic injection moulding is world-class. Um, way back even when they started making plastic in, in the 1950s, it was superb. And um, they used to make all the bricks in Denmark, but in the last few years they've started been making them in Czechoslovakia and Hungary and Taiwan and all around the world. So the plastics have changed as well. They couldn't make the original plastics anymore, so the new plastics are quite noticeable, quite different. We see that public art has taken a form in Hamilton that is sometimes referred to as the Lego statue. I'm not sure if that's a, a link that is formed elsewhere. Have you seen that? Kind of work. No, no, I'm intrigued because we've got some members from Hamilton. <coughs> Are you talking about the Cuisin Air Block now? Yeah, the Cuisin Air Block. I actually was at the opening of the Cuisin Air Block. That's another part of our history that um, I learned maths off those in, at school. So you've got to come to the, it's in front of the Waikato Museum. You've got to come to Hamilton and see it. Oh, I will. I'm, I'm intrigued now. I'm going to ask the guys downstairs when I go back down and, uh, and say, what's this about? Is it Lego? Well, I don't think it's the kind that you could uh, slip in your pocket or with the luggage coming to New Zealand. <laughs> it's on a grand scale. But it has oh, that appearance, the same glowing colours. And right, and uh, probably the ratios. Hey, you, you, can come, you can come to Hamilton and clean it because it it's, it's a bit dirty. Um, it's got all this water going over it. It's, it needs a clean, so you bring, your, bring your brushes with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did uh, yeah. represent a controversial piece when it first appeared in our midst. Right. Oh, I'm intrigued now. I'm going to have to come and have a look. <laughs> On oh, Victoria Street. You're taking us back to our childhoods today. <laughs> well, um, part of my collection is a, is a museum section, and I've got Lego that goes back to when they started making wooden toys. So from there, I try and collect something from every theme that, that Lego's ever produced. And uh, I, everyone comes along and they can find something from their childhood. Yeah. It's the amazing thing about Lego. With, with, with your Scottish ancestry too, with your Dutch ancestry, is there a piece of Lego with a kilt on? Um, not from the history side, but the modern ones, yes. The little minifigures that go with Lego, there is a, a little Scotsman there and he does have a kilt and a pair of bagpipes and a tartan hat. Wonderful. Vaughan Block of Auckland, descended from the Netherlands and the Isles of Scotland, met a young lass of central Otago and... Well, we've heard the rest. Uh, what, are you passing on the tradition to a new generation of Lego? I've got two grown-up daughters, and um, a few years I jokingly said to them, they're not getting a house in my inheritance, you're going to get a Lego collection, and that, I think, is, is going to be the reality of it. Um, and they are certainly quite keen to... They want to keep it as a collection and, and keep it available to the public to come and have a look at yeah. Must let you get back to all your patrons there, Vaughan Block. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. For the Auckland Lego Users Group. Thank you, Vaughan. Thank you. You've you've you've, you've made our day. You've made our day. Bye bye. <laughs> Let's go to Scotland. Oh, Kenneth McKellar doesn't want to sing to me right at this present moment. There's a little fault on this uh, CD, so we'll just move it down a slot. I'm fond of the lassies and the draft people by. One day when out walking I chance to see A bonny wee lass with a glint in the re. Says I to the lass, will you walk for a while? I'll buy you a bonnet and we'll do it in style My kilt is Mackenzie, on oh, the age of She looked at me shyly and said we are Edward Free of him, 89.0. Sorry about that with uh, Kenneth McKellar. But of course, on this day, we got the main trunk railway. Just a bit of this from Rod Derrett. Thank you. The next folk song <clears throat> is taken from a selection called Malice in Wonderland. We'll have to leave the uh, the late Rod there. There, we might if we have time in the next couple of minutes, we'll play it in full about the Kiwi train as we celebrate a piece of New Zealand history today, Mel. Yes, and Sean Kelly's one of many enthusiastic singers with male voices, Waikato. An unauditioned men's choir meeting weekly at the Glenview Club in Hamilton to practice and perfect performance, producing a sound a professional group could envy. Who gets to hear you all perform, Sean? Hey, hello. Um, thank you for, for that. Um, yes, we, we sing to the community. Um, we've got a concert next Saturday, actually, in Matamata. Uh, we're singing with the New Zealand Male Choir. And so that's an exciting time. And um, so we do a couple of individual brackets and then we have a, a mass choir where we join together. So that, yeah, that's exciting. The New Zealand Mile Choir next Saturday at, at a minute uh, at two o'clock. Um, and then we've also got, uh, we sing at Chartmall, the Mall. Um, it's Thursday, December. So it's getting ready for the Christmas season, of course. So, um, so we sing at Chartmall uh, Thursday, the 15th at 7 o'clock, and then our last one will be at the, at the Glenwood <coughs> Club. They're actually putting on a carol by candlelight, and it's uh, on Sunday the 18th of December, and it's from 4.30. So, yeah, so anyone's welcome to come along. Um, but, yeah, we usually sing for um, uh, re- retirement villages and anyone who wants us to sing. So, yeah, we have a bit of fun doing that. 
Yeah, but being a person who's tone deaf can't sing a tune, but um, as a DJ, I've got to play some of them. What is, Aka, well, what is the best music to sing? I We have a range of styles. I love to incorporate, because I sort of help select the music. Um, so it's basically pop, musical, sacred, classical. Um, so it's, not, it's a bit more exciting for the audience. Uh, range of styles. Um, some we do a couple that are actually, and so yeah, a bit of variety. I always like to incorporate a bit of that just to keep it more interesting for the audience. It, it's quite intriguing because following us at two o'clock, we've got a program called Harmony Waikato, which uh, features oh, male, right. vo- male and female voices singing, singing in harmony. Yeah, we, we've got some hosts that really can sing in the, in this place, but. Yep. You, you you look at some of the songs that everybody is singing today. You got the movies Frozen and uh, yep. others, The Lion King. Do you sing some of those songs? We don't sing any of any anything from Disney at the moment, um, but we're always open to suggestions. Um, we're trying to get a bit more modern, but it's usually all the classics like Unchained Melody, Save the Last Dance for Me, or the pop side. Um, we do a few from the shows, like um, oh, the one from Les Mis. Um, oh, I forget the title right now. Otherwise, um, yeah, just mainly popular ones so that the audience can know them. But yeah, we throw in a few interesting ones, a few modern ones, just to show the different sides of music. So it's a choir with a good range of styles there, Sean? Yeah, I like to think so. I just like to include that. Yeah, we always have things. That's what I've always loved singing. And then as conducting it, I always just like to, I think we appreciate it. Singing to the community around this time of the year, it's it's appreciated. Uh, well, yeah, and of course, like this time last year, we actually had no Christmas singers because of COVID and all the restrictions. We had it was probably the first time ever we did no Christmas singers at the end of the year. So we're looking forward to getting back to doing that this year for the upcoming season. It'll be great. You must enjoy the camaraderie there. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't have stayed so long. How many years? Yeah, well, I've been part of it. It's uh, we had our 25th anniversary just was it maybe two years ago, so 27 years. So, and that's I think it's a big part of our choir. Uh, the, the men, you know, we have a break during half time for our rehearsals, and we always get to get together, have a drink. Just um, so yeah, it's a big part of it. Camaraderie, the fellowship, just the friendship, and just getting to know one another as, as part of the singing. So, I think it's really important to keep that tradition going. Last week, I was watching the women's rugby between New Zealand and. Wales at Okara yep. Park, yep. and what comes come out to many is their land of our fathers sounds better than our own New Zealand national anthem. It really gets yeah. the feet tingling when land of our fathers starts singing. Good, eh? it, it is good, and it's even better when it's in a, in a Welsh uh, stadium. Yeah. But at Okara Park, in the heart of Napui country, it went down well with many many people. Yeah, we've we've sung a version of that. I think we did it in English. Obviously, you can do it in Welsh, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a very rousing song. It's, it's a great one. Yeah, um, I, d- I don't know what you think. How we do sing our own "God Defend New Zealand" these days? There are a lot of versions of it done by men, yeah. people who can sing. Hayley Westerman used to sing it so very well, but uh, she's kind of disappeared off the scene. She has, but I think she's um, and maybe having a family or something. But yeah, no, there's some classic versions. It's always good to hear a nice, fresh take on our anthem. So I do love the anthem. I think it's amazing. You've been described as a tall Irishman, Sean. 
Oui. <laughs> <laughs> Does that uh, get reflected in your musical appreciation? Um, well, that's a nice compliment. I'm glad to all, and yeah, I am Irish. Um, <laughs> I have to be honest, I don't think we actually do any Irish music. I have to think about that. Um, um, yeah, no, that'll be a good thing to look at for our future music. Do you plan far ahead? We only plan for the next year ahead, um, and we just try to maybe incorporate some new songs, maybe buy some new ones. We've got quite a big library, so we can always go back and search through our big catalogue of songs. Um, but yeah, every year we just select some new songs. What's the best Christmas song to sing? What do you? What, do, what Christmas song really gets you moving? Well, with, I think a, a good one is really the big Oh Holy Night. But we do a fun one, and we're doing it again this year. We didn't get to do it last year. Um, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. The, the sort of the fun one with the, the spoiled brat kid who's getting nothing, nothing for Christmas. So that's a bit of a fun one. Well, there's something special that you share when you perform at the same concert come next Saturday, the 12th right. of November. Yes. The New Zealand Male Choir. You know them already? Yes. Well, we have sung them with them before. We sang with them in Cambridge about four years ago and... So it's quite exciting because when you sing with them as well as the individual brackets, it creates a really big mass choir. And I think there's nothing better than a big mass sound of male voices singing together, as you can imagine. So um, we're looking forward to that. And we, we're singing four numbers together and then individual ones as well. So, yep. Uh, and quite a bit of variety as yep. well. So, yeah, no, it's going to be good. As well as you can sing, you've also got to have a good venue and good acoustics. Now, I know... The yep. church here in Hamilton, St Peter's, is good for got good acoustics. I also know that St Andrew's Church, Anglican Church in Cambridge, has also got good yep. acoustics. You've got yep. to have a good hall to sing, and then you've got to get the people in the audience to sing along with you. Yes, I and acoustics is really important. Um, so often you try to take out the venue beforehand. See, um, we're in Manamata, We're singing at the Memorial Centre. I have yep. actually visited it myself, so hopefully. It's more like a hall to cater for a large size of people, but um, I hope the acoustics are good. Just let's take a little break. Let's listen to Mariah Carey's version of Oh Holy Night. That's a song that really lifts the roof. It does, and her voice is amazing. Sean, you used yes. to be teaching full-time music. Yes. Yes. Was that uh, choral music? Oh, no, it was just our regular secondary high school classroom teaching. Um, so yeah, I'm having a break from that side of things, just doing the relief teaching. So it's really good to just, you know, to be able to leave at the end of the day and not worry about all the responsibilities that comes with being a music teacher. But um, and I'm also doing relief posty work. So a bit of relief teaching, relief posty work. So I do love the contrast, um, delivering mail. Like yesterday was a long day, um, and but it was a beautiful day. Yesterday I was on the bike, so that was stunning. It's um, idyllic this lifestyle for a man who likes to be home and able to tune in to your favourite music. Right. Um, yep. Uh, I love music myself. I just I couldn't imagine life without music. Mainly pop. I pretty much love pop. I love classical. I love combining the two. Actually, sort of working on a new sound, but. No, 
everyone needs music. Music really makes the makes the day. As a postie, do you take your iPod with you full of songs so you can, um, or aren't you allowed? Or oh, maybe I, I probably I probably can't answer that question actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, 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 because I've got a former postie and inspector listening to us right now. He's coming in in about ten minutes. Yes. So um, oh, yeah, well, I've got a I've got a postie friend, Dean Barnes, who actually knows remembers Trevor Lloyd. Um, oh, <laughs> you know Trevor. <laughs> Well, I remember him from way back as well, but I didn't know him really well. Uh, but yes, and Dean listens to him every Sunday. So, yep. You might be, you might become New Zealand's first singing postie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tend to sing out on the run. I, uh, I'm not that brave. They used to I'm use good. whistles. Are they still uh, part of the equipment? Oh, I remember that. I, someone told me that. Yeah, why haven't you blown your whistle when you're delivering our mail? But no, I've never. We, we don't have to do that anymore. And and your singing wouldn't stop the dogs. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. Um, I think you're supposed to. You make a noise so that you can make sure that there's any dogs there. Sort of thing. I, I, can, I can see Trevor getting into his car right now, racing up here too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, singing's good. Everyone needs to sing. Even if, and that's the thing. We're an unaudition choir, so you don't need to be a great singer, or you don't need to read music even. Just come along and, you know, <coughs> partake and just sing. So, yeah, everyone's welcome to. And so, we um, rehearse at, on a Monday night, so at the Glenview Club, yep. And the next opportunity to hear you sing in public as a choir would be at the Chartwell Mall. Yes, in Hamilton, yes, definitely, on a Thursday night, and that'll be, I think, the... 15th? 16th, the 15th, yep, so just, we just, like, it's usually upstairs next to the, the elevator, I mean, the escalator, and so, yeah, feel free to come and have a listen. 7 o'clock in the evening. Yes, yes. And you, be, I think there's and usually lots of um, different groups that tend to sing, so you might see us there. And you're going to be busy as Santa Claus is going to be uh, in the next uh, few weeks, because... Christmas is the Christmas is on right now. I see Christmas trees going up everywhere, yeah. so uh, yeah. it's getting earlier and earlier. Yeah, I think I think maybe this year we needed it, but last year was was with COVID restrictions. There was nothing really out. Yeah. so I think why not bring it back a bit earlier this year? It'll be something that evokes a lot of mood when it comes the time to, in the Glenview Club to put on that candlelight evening of Christmas carols. Yeah. That's on. Well, we are having one of those. Yes, that's, that's on Sunday. The I think it's the yeah the eighteenth, and at that the Columbia Club. Oh, I'm I'm actually outside <laughs> listening to the speed races. Can you hear the the speed race the speedboat? Are they speedboat skiing? Where where, oh. where are you at the moment? Um, well, I'm actually at my parents' place, and they can see the sea of the river. And so, yeah, those speed rope skiers are actually going past now, and it's. I hope they got their. <laughs> I hope they got their life belts on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, they need them because they go so fast. They do. So that's on the Waikato River just now. Yes, right now. Isn't there a bridge-to-bridge race coming up shortly? Did I see the posters around town? Yeah, that, that, that's it happening right now. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you've brought us up to the times. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure. Sean Kelly. Yeah, you're welcome. Sean, it's a you. pleasure. Have, have, a, have a fabulous Sunday, and I'll let you go back and watch the speedboats. <laughs> okay, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. He's musical director of Male Voices Waikato. Yes. Um, shortly, we'll be, we'll be talking to Trevor. I can see him getting into his grey car right now. He He's going to have something to say when he gets here. Anyway, we'll get back to... Uh, 
We'll get back to Kenneth McKellar because I found this Harry Lauder song. This will go down well. Every road through life is a long, long road Filled with joys and sorrows too as you journey on, how your heart will yearn For the things most dear to you With wealth and love to sow But onward we must go Keep right on to the end of the road Keep right on to the end Let your heart be strong Keep right on round the bend Though your time Kenneth McKellar, keep on to the end of the road Which Sir Harry Lauder wrote in memorial of his son Sir Captain John Lord, who died in World War I Well, here's our crime reporter, Dwayne Good afternoon, sir Yeah, good afternoon Okay, you told me that uh, some reports of things happening around the city, so what do you have to report? Um, well, the ram rates and everything, the only one that I heard was the one in Cambridge, was the um, Noel Lemmings one. That's and, a, uh, turn the mic on, that, uh, that was... That was ram raided about uh, six weeks ago, so they've done it again. No, that's the update is that they think they might have arrested someone who did it. Yeah, it it, 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 it said, are we going to see Hamilton, Cambridge, like Huntley and Narawat here? Everybody's going to put up a roller door. I know there are a few roller doors here in the CBD right now, but are people, are shops thinking... Bollards and roller doors. Yes, uh, you look at Frampton, half of them have got roller doors in. I, I had this chat the other day, and we've come to a conclusion that these kids, this is, this is planned. This is uh, not some kids uh, out on a jaunt. This is, this is planned with older members of their far now. <coughs> this gang-related. It's, 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 it's too <coughs> well planned. These, these kids couldn't. Think like this, um, Mel, uh, Dwayne. Yeah, you're dead right. You know, you look at it as that um, there's 90, you know, you look at it as all these young ones, and even that you see it quite well. It's like even in Frankton, like last week, someone tried to uh, shoplift a dairy in Frankton, and the old owner uh, started doing the chasing, you know. There's one thing is you never start chasing them. Yeah, no, I think I, I've been talking to some taxi drivers in recent weeks of a certain ethnic origin, and um, they were they were, and one was telling me I won't tell him, but someone tried to steal things out of his car, like um, FPOS machines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he's he's trying to hide FPOS machines in the back of his car because. People get in and they try to steal them. There's security cameras in those cars. Yes, and I I, I think that uh, this uh, man... Yeah, I've, I've had a chat to some of um, 
our ethnic taxi drivers over the last couple of weeks travelling between here and Ham East, and um, they, are, they are just a bit worried about getting assaulted. Um, yes, even just the taxi guy that we, uh, John um, mm-hmm. Osborne normally deals with, he's a, blade, he's a brilliant taxi driver. Yeah. He's from Hamilton Taxis. Yes. And he's an amazing guy that, um, you know, if you ring up, he's there on your doorstep mm-hmm. waiting for you. Well, I, I must uh, put in a plug to one taxi driver. His name is Sammy Khan, and he, he works um, as a taxi driver, and he gave me his card, and he said, if you need me next time, just give me a ring. So, hello to Sammy. I don't know if he's listening today. I don't know if he is working. Yes, yes, that's right, old Sammy. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy. He, um, he's, a, he's a laugh a minute, I can tell you that. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy, old Sammy. Uh, yeah. uh, we normally have him... Uh, when we have a lodge night, he normally we give him a phone call, and he normally turns up and give us a ride home for for free, or do you pay for it? Oh, I try to ask oh, we, no, we won't. We won't ask that question. But um, as I say, is that um, yeah. So that's what's normally going on at the moment. Is that you know our crime rate and burglaries and that has gone a bit too far at the moment. Yeah, no, um, I'm also looking at, and he defies me why he's still Minister of Corrections, that's Kelvin Davis MP. Um, Our police minister, where is he at the moment? We don't hear from him. We don't hear from uh, Andy Costa anymore. He's disappeared. We don't don't hear from our one from Hamilton. Oh, Macbeth. She was in the paper. Yeah, um, yeah, with the mayor. With the mayor, but... You know, you got to look at it as that, you know, Hamilton's going to be like um, Auckland with border barracks yep. and roller doors and you name it. But the well, problem is that the liquor stores, you know, you, you look at it, even the other night they tried to drive into a, um, a liquor store down Dinsdale Road. They tried to get away yeah. with it, but they didn't. Well, look, the sound of this, these liquor store... Um, ram raids are, are planned because you would you wouldn't see these ten and twelve year old kids uh, wanting a bottle of whiskey. It's uh, it's their older mates and far now. Um, yes, you know you look at the example last week in Auckland. Yep, where they drove into that shop mm-hmm. and they didn't get anything. You know, oh, well, as I said to people last week, I think it's about time the age of responsibility for some of these kids is uh, reduced. So. They can't say, hey, Mr. Police Officer, you can't touch me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with it, but, you know, hey, you know, yep. uh, the police are doing pretty well with it. Yeah, you know. I've got a lot of time for the police, but uh, they've just uh, they've just got to move up another another notch and maybe the police should get back into schools and start uh, lecturing to these kids. And but, even the bridge-to-bridge um, bridge, um, thing on, yeah, yesterday I was down uh, watching the old bridge-to-bridge Yes, yep. was brilliant, you know. It's it's on again today, it seems. Oh, uh, that's the last day today. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. I'd love to be on one of those little boats today. We could do the show live from, a, <laughs> well, from bridge would, to bridge. I would love to be on behind one of them um, barefoot skiing. It was quite good. Barefoot skiing. Haven't tried it. I've been on a, I've been, I've been on the back of a ski boat that, but not on the skis. Anyway, moving on, it's 21 minutes to 2 o'clock. Talking about trains.
Thank you. The next folk song <clears throat> is taken from a selection called Malice in Wonderland and is dedicated to the Minister <clears throat> of Transport. <laughs> now, I've travelled near and I've travelled far. I've even been over Otira by car. Flown in an old NAC DC-3. Got tossed out of a yacht once while sailing at sea. Bravery or madness, say what you like. I've been round the octagon twice on a bike. But nothing intrigues me as much, I confess, as a trip on the Christchurch Dunedin Express. All aboard, shouts the guard, and you struggle and sweat to push all your suitcases up in that net. You finally make it, sit down, and then whack! Half of your luggage decides to come back. But oh, what a thrill to be trundled along in an architect's dream of a carriage gone wrong. Breathing in dust-laden smoke from the train and coughing it out through a cracked window pane. Talking of windows, you know the old line, uh, throwing out rubbish results in a fine. Well, there'll be few convictions for that, you can bet, because no one has managed to open one yet. And the blind that comes down and locks in a socket, you doze off and bang, it goes up like a rocket. You pull it down gently, you lock it, and then, 10 minutes later, it goes up again. But the part I most detest is when the train has come to rest. It's the battle for a little tea and supper. Now you've only got a minute, Peter Snell just isn't in it as you race to buy a stale pie and cuppa. So patiently you stand with your money in your hand, there's a bloke in front you'd really like to shoot. Yes, he's bought the last two pies, and as he turns to your surprise, he tips his cup of coffee down your suit. So you climb back on the train, no use trying to complain. You sit there with a saucer on your knee. And as you drain your cup of cheer, someone bumps you and I fear. Blimey, one ham sandwich soaked in tea. <laughs> All aboard, shouts the guard, and the carriage fills up. And you sit, contemplating your NZR cup. You know, those cups are so heavy. <laughs> Imagine it, can you? One railway cup would anchor Britannia. <laughs> Nature, like time, waits not upon men, and sooner or later, you're called once again, and everyone stares. <laughs> Why, you don't comprehend. <laughs> it's no wonder you mutt your down the wrong end. <laughs> so you retrace your steps with embarrassment pink. <laughs> Can't be wrong this time. Well, that's what you think. You wait in a queue for what seems a duration. Your turn arrives, and they stop at a station. So, ladies and gentlemen, take it from me. A trip on a Kiwi train's well worth the fee. On a hard-seated, non-heated, slow, comfortless, 
Second class smoking Dunedin Express. Free FM 89.0. Yes, remembering today that New Zealand's main trunk line opens to Joseph Wardy. He banged the old silver spike in and away it went. And over the years, we've had the Overnight Express and we've had other expresses go between the islands. Mel, you've been on the Overnight Express many times. Oh, yeah. You've got that's stories right. to tell, but that's, that's for another day. It is, because <laughs> we've got we've got Tane Blake with us. Tane's a man who might answer the question and reveal to us where the move come from to change New Zealand's name to Aotearoa. Have you heard that idea, Tay? I have heard that idea. Do you have any opinions about it? Uh, it's a very interesting one. Uh, I think it uh, could be something good. I personally really think Aotearoa sounds uh, very cool and uh, also represents a lot of what New Zealand is. So you like the sound too? I like the sound of Aotearoa, New and, Zealand. And Spanish? Uh, yes, I do love Spanish as well. <laughs> How did that come about? And uh, it was just through a trip that my family took uh, to, well, from the United States on a cruise, but we stopped in Cuba, and uh, I just fell in love with it. And from there, I've yeah been to university and studied it, and been different places around Latin America, and looking forward to seeing more. Easy to learn Spanish. Uh, Easier if you know English, uh, because there's a lot of uh, similarities between Spanish and English, but it's all a process and it takes a long time, but it's definitely worth doing. So I suppose that living in New Zealand, you like to reach out to any people who are speaking Spanish. Yes, yes, definitely. Do you feel quite natural in the language? Uh, I do, but there's certain things among different regions, different slang, colloquialisms, things like that, that are... A bit difficult to understand. <laughs> I, ha- I have to ask, in Spanish, how do they pronounce New Zealand? Nueva Zelanda. <laughs> Say that again. Nueva Zelanda. The idea of Noel there identifies yeah. the words, the languages as yeah, having a common like root. New, new is the same, new, Nueva, and Zealand, Zelanda. <laughs> There's a lot of controversy that's marking the shift of generations. For instance, have you voted ever? Ooh, uh, in our general elections of New Zealand, uh, I I did, but I'm to be honest, I'm never really sure who I'm going to vote for. Well, I, that's a good way. To I be guess it. I could be a swing voter. I guess you would say yeah. because I can go either but, way. But of course, we've got a by-election coming up here in Hamilton West. Um, I live on the other side of the river now, but in Hamilton West, a certain MP has quit uh, one party. So we're going to spend over a million bucks to find another MP. The Labour have uh, put their candidate in. Hamilton West, I think they are making plans for that today. Is it today that the National Party are meeting to elect their candidate? So what makes a good MP in in your eyes? Uh, In my eyes, someone that represents the people and is there trying to do their best to improve the communities and the lives of the people that they're standing there to represent. You could have done that at the age of 16. <laughs> Some say we delay it too long. Mm. They, a young generation, are affected by the decisions of the often middle-aged or older politicians. What do you think? It's an interesting one as well. Uh, yeah, I think you could start to form your own opinions and things. Definitely, 
I suppose there's no really definitive age is the thing. But um, yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be open to seeing trying that out. I, I, I noticed during the last uh, local body elections here in Hamilton that the the age of the councillors are getting younger. We've got Sarah still there. We've got um, others who. Um, who, who are young, and we've got also got a. Didn't we have a twenty-three-year-old mayor somewhere in the country? In his twenties, there was that suggestion, and uh, I think it's acknowledged that younger people are coming into politics, and it's paid accordingly. Yeah, I think they're starting to become more and more interested than they might have been in the past. More money than in the past. Mm, yes. For the role of going to meetings, meeting people is quite a pleasant lifestyle, perhaps. Mm. Would you like to be? Uh, I, I can definitely see the appeal, but I don't think I would go into politics, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you never know, in a couple of years, we may see you on a, on a city council or even down in Wellington flying away on a Monday free of charge <laughs> and away you go. A couple of, couple of days in Wellington and you're back home again. <laughs> Students for Action on Climate Change have made their mark in the thinking of the nation. They've organised themselves, conducted themselves with aplomb on occasions when the public are due to notice. It's the talking, being out about climate change that counts if it's going to affect decisions. Should they? Yeah, well, I think uh, students, as well as many young people, just are worried about their future and they want to make sure that there's they're leaving behind a better world for their children and their grandchildren. Yeah, no. Uh, did I read this week that our old friend Greta Thornburg has pulled out of the conference, um, which James Shaw is attending? Did I hear she said it was boring? Was that was that her words, Greta Thornburg? <laughs> I can't actually speak to what her words were, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she she did define that uh, she finds it boring. People. People have changed changed over the years when it comes to uh, climate change. It has changed our weather patterns too. Yeah, definitely. Um, One I, thing we can't legislate for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think definitely, um, not only in New Zealand, I know that they're having huge heat waves over in Europe, maybe not so much now, but a couple of months ago, definitely. And I know the hurricane season was also very bad and the United States and as well as the Caribbean as a result of that. Yeah, and of course the UK is coming into winter around Christmas time, of course. And yep. uh, then you then you see all the roads in the UK, Scotland, Wales, England and Ireland, they get the old grit trucks out and away they go and <laughs> clearing the roads and the snow comes down again. So it's a never-ending business, clearing the roads of snow. Yeah, it seems to be. <laughs> well, you bring our minds to the thought of our sovereign constitutional monarch King Charles does New Zealand need a head of that kind uh, I've never felt like I had a very strong affinity with uh, the sovereignty but at the same time I acknowledge that it would probably uh, cost a lot of money and a lot of legislation to change it as so, well so you're not defined as a, as a Republican I wouldn't say so, no. But, but you're <laughs> but not in favour of monarchy either. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm somewhere in between, I guess you could say. I don't think the monarchy exerts a huge amount of influence within New Zealand that it would be <clears throat> beneficial to spend all the money and go through all the legislation well, to remove I, I, them. I did have a chat to our previous host who was sitting in the same chair earlier in the morning and um, he says he'll give King Charles 
15 years and then his son Wills will be, be king. So um, I don't think Charles wants to hang around too long. Yeah, he's getting on a bit, old King Charles. <laughs> you expect you'll ever meet him? Uh, who knows? I guess, well, I guess we never know. He could do a trip to New Zealand. Well, he is, could he be is, there. I did hear he is true uh, due to visit New Zealand within the next year or so. so oh, wow. Um, I, I'd love to meet Camilla. I reckon, I reckon she's the voice behind the throne. I think uh, she controls Charles. <laughs> You've come through COVID without... No, not without. I have had COVID. <laughs> you suffered. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad for me. Um, the thing about it was, it just seemed that the symptoms were different for everyone. So, yeah, it seemed quite strange. My whole household got it, and everyone had different symptoms, which was very weird. Usually, when someone gets a cold, everyone gets the same thing yeah. or has similar symptoms, at least. So you've you've had all the injections and. Um Booster shots? Yeah, and... yeah. Well, I mean, I love travelling, so it wasn't really so much of an option if I wanted to keep doing that. Well, <laughs> at this coming week, I'm due to get a shot for shingles. Being over 65, um, I'm getting a sh- um, shot for sh- shingles this week. So something to look forward to with all the other guns I've stuck <laughs> in the ne- um, in the last uh, few years. <laughs> and if we're not talking about COVID, that's to be frightened of. We could get ourselves downhearted if we reflect on all the things that are at work living their lives but contrary to human interests for instance Mm. the borrower might have put up the price of honey Mm. yeah the price of everything seems to be going up at the moment wasps now are becoming the focus of attention they've been introduced naughty foreigners oh (laughs) poor old paddington bear he can't afford his honey for his sandwiches and uh, that was the defining moment it's a hard of, the, life. Of, the, of the late of the late queen meeting Paddington Bear. <laughs> Do you think it's inevitable, Tane, that we have these things come if we want to be a country open to tourism? Uh, yeah, I think it is probably more or less inevitable because I mean you want to be open to tourism, but at the same time that opens yourself up to uh, different things coming in, whether it be diseases or viruses, bacteria things like that. And the tourists who represent uh, quite an important economic uh, factor definitely in, in New Zealand, Aotearoa it's part of it what about our environment if the environment's deteriorating, it'll be less appealing to tourists. Yeah, I kind of think it goes hand in hand because I mean the thing that tourism's, oh, tourists really love about New Zealand is the whole clean green image, so it's quite important to maintain that because New Zealand is quite out of the way for most people. But, uh, <laughs> but that, that image of 100% pure it's... Um, it's fading. It's, it, <laughs> it, 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 uh, that's what I mean that, that word, it is fading so that, ad, that ad's a bit wrong, it should be, re, we should be redefined when it comes to Green and pure, etc., etc. Our our rivers are some of our rivers are dirty. Yeah. Well, Tane Blake, you've given us food for thought and something to take into consideration as Hamilton West goes into a by-election and looks at the compares the policies of major parties. Yeah. And come the general election, um, you'll be joining the throng of people who thinks that they had to wait too long to get the right to vote. <laughs> yeah, on, you keep, 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 keep up the campaign. <laughs> anyway, we've been talking about Spanish, so we've got a song called Spanish Eyes because Trevor Lloyd's ears have been burning in the last uh, half an hour, so we better get him in here. <laughs>
of the late Al Martino and Spanish eyes. His ears have been burning the last half an hour. Did you see, did you hear somebody praising you on the radio? Oh, on the set part, uh, could you enlighten me? Oh, Mel will tell you more about it, but a part-time postie, you know him. He works around Manamata, he's a singer, etc., etc. He oh, knows okay. you very well. I'll test my memory, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it off here. Anyway, sir, what's been happening in your life today? Well, it's bang, bang, crack, crack, crackle, crackle with Guy Fawkes. Oh. Now, somebody's letting him off in uh, what I could see from my balcony, Alexander Street. Yes. Skyrockets. Yep. I don't know if that's legal or not. Yep. But then uh, Guy Fawkes, it anything can go. I, I don't believe in Guy Fawkes because I don't... If people stop and think the origin of Guy Fawkes was this chap called Guy Fawkes that tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament hundreds of years ago. He was a convicted terrorist. And he was, and he was executed as such. Well, and now we're celebrating it every year for goodness knows how long, uh, that, that occasion. I've never, ever heard of a case where terrorists is memorised with a ceremonial process year in and year out. I mean, he's a terrorist, a convicted terrorist. And that's how we're celebrating it. Yeah. Well, well, actually, the story is that um, he fell off the scaffold and broke his neck. So um, he didn't. Um, he wasn't hung, but uh, they still hung him. They put him on the end of the rope and then uh, uh, made sure hung. Yeah, to see who's dead. And then he faced uh, being hung, drawn, and quartered. That's right. At his lunchtime, we won't tell you what that process is. <laughs> I think people are going to use their imagination on that score. I think. But with what's happened in the uh, uh, with these bushfires we had on the uh, uh, not wasn't Hawke's Bay I think it was one there and the uh, was it the Coromandel where they had that fire um, I could be wrong there but there was a big fire and people had to be evacuated and now if that isn't a cause to put an end to fireworks, I don't know what is. You ask any fireman anywhere in New Zealand, probably the world, and they they will tell you they're against it. Well, I can tell you last night I saw members of the Tongan community celebrating last night with Tongan flags, and they were out of their windows in their vehicles, and they were throwing fireworks from their vehicles going up Victoria well, Street last night. this is how crazy night. people are with it, and it's going to well, cause injuries and blindness and all yeah, sorts. So, uh, hey, I wish there were some police officers around to arrest these people who were, were acting the fool last uh, night. Well, this is right, because people are irresponsible, particularly with alcohol, uh, how, they just, how they let fireworks off. It's an absolute danger. Anyway, we'll leave you there, Trevor, and uh, we'll tell you who the man who thinks you're okay <laughs> off, off here oh, later. Yeah, some thinks I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have a, have a good week, Trevor, anyway. Yeah, you too, Bye-bye. Bye. And we'll leave you, hopefully, with some music before we do go. It's not going to work, so we'll move it down a notch. We'll have to leave it there this uh, afternoon because we have... Uh, We've got to go out of here. So we'll leave you right here. I'm gonna, I was going to end with some music, but uh, this seems the CD doesn't want to work. So that's us. We'll leave you in the hands of Harmony Waikato. Enjoy the rest of your week. I think...
We've got a bit of music. And so I brought her back to Blighty just to show me mates. And though we're married out. Bit of Peter Sellers and Sophia Lorraine to take us out. I haven't had a decent meal since 1944. Eat your minestrone, Joe. That's all you ever say. Eat your macaroni, Joe. Every blinking time. No wonder you're so bony, Joe, and skinny as a rake. Well, then give us a bash at the bangers and mash. Me mother used to make. Bangers and mash. Minestrone. Bangers and mash. Macaroni. Give us a bash at the bangers and mash. Me mother used to make. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.